Here he goes, he winds up Buddy. Eight or not? Yes! Eight is great for Buddy Franklin. The siren sounds and the Swans' first win. They've had to wait seven weeks longer than they thought, but the great Buddy Franklin has led the way. Another fantastic display. It's our pleasure to watch you, Bud. After a fantastic win on the weekend, we come to team selection and we're given a shot. Callum Mills is out for the season with a broken foot. What on earth is going on with these boys at the club? Uh, he's walking back from the cafe at uh, Sydney Footy Stadium here this afternoon after training. Tripped and fell and, uh, and broke his foot. So um, really unfortunate accident. And unfortunately, as an operation on Monday, and he'll be out for the rest of the year. It's a, it's a bad break and um, something out of the blue and uh, something disappointing. Something really disappointing, obviously, for him and us. This is a Swans Blogs Swans Cast Extra, the number one Sydney Swans fans weekend preview podcast. In this week's episode, we will preview the Swans match against the Brisbane Lions at the Gabba. We'll discuss Callum Mills' shock injury. We'll discuss what we're looking forward to, matchups, key points, team changes, and we'll give our predictions and weekend forecast. I'm Justin Mitchell, and with me is Stephen Park, Swans Cast regular. Stephen, Callum Mills' injury, it's a bit of a shock, isn't it? It is an enormous shock. I just dropped my heart, my mouth dropped when I read about it, Justin. I cannot believe it. How silly is it that we've had two players in two seasons that have been doing something stupid and then got injured, not even on the football field? Yes. And two severe injuries. Yeah, the last one was Dane Rampey trying to hurdle a fence and he tripped over and broke his arm. This one, uh, I think, is an even bigger impact because he's not coming back for the season. No, that's exactly right. It sounds like, from the, all the reports that I've just recently read, that he's actually shattered bones in his foot. If he's done that, if he's really badly injured, um, that that's a shocking injury. Uh, the, the funny thing was, the agenda was actually going to be about the renaming of Eddie Had to Marvel Stadium, which is going to kick off uh, September, October this year, which is probably a really good thing. But now, yeah, that that's like water under the bridge with Callum Mills. Um, yeah, he's he's been having a pretty good season, and to do something like this, I, I don't think the club's going to be happy about it. They're definitely going to have to have a word to their players about their, I, I guess, conduct and behaviour away from the ground. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I understand the young boys will be boys, you know, they're, they're still only really teenagers. But the fact that they do these things and then they get themselves injured, yep, throw a gridiron ball around on a football field, have a bit of fun. Be larrikins, but you don't do it so you can injure yourself. Oh, there's more park, which is right across the road from uh, from the stadium anyway. Literally, you can just walk 50 metres out of the door and into the uh, more park, and you're there. You can kick the ball around. You can throw the gridiron. You can do all that where it's nice and safe. It's just, yeah, it's just unbelievable, really. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit like yourself. I got the alert on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, okay. Sydney Swans teams are out. Callum Mills out with a broken foot. What? It's kind of mm. real. Yeah, you remember, remember, I don't know whether you remember, Justin, there was a few years ago, Glenn McGrath did it in the Ashes series, and he tried yeah. on a cricket ball when they were kicking the footy around, it's yep. the same thing, it cost Australia the series, and this could cost us severely in the run home to the finals, because yeah. there's no doubt about it, he's a gun backman for us, and he uses the ball well. Yeah, the Swans have brought in Harry Marsh, um... I guess we can continue on with this and also talk about the changes at the same time. They've brought in Harry Marsh as a like-for-like replacement for Callum Mills. Uh, myself, it seems to be an okay selection, but I'm 
kind of makes me wonder, and I know you're going to raise this point yourself about Nick Newman, but also for Aaliyah Aaliyah. Like, where are they both at at the moment? If they can't even get games when Malikin's out injured, Callum Mills is out for the season, we're playing the, our tallest defenders 192, and we've been doing it now for three, four weeks in a row. Yeah, I just don't understand it. Aaliyah Aaliyah, I can understand. I don't think he's travelling as well as what I would like. Nick Newman, there is something going on. What did he have last week? 38 possessions, two yeah. goals or one goal, and are going yeah. at um, 82% efficiency. Now, come on. Yeah, he's killing if it in the some... NIFL at the moment. Yeah. Now, if there's something going on, and, like, the club has every right not to tell us, but there is either, A, he's leaving and he's gone at the end of the year, whatever happens now, or, B, he's being disciplined severely for something. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would seem like the more logical um, conclusion, I think, because it just seems so... Unlikely that, like, there is discussion, obviously, in rumours that he's going, uh, there's discussion rumours he's going to Adelaide or Melbourne or any other location really away from the Swans, but it does seem more likely, or at least more uh, feasible, that he is being punished for something. What it is, we don't know. Clubs rarely speak about it. Uh, sometimes, I reckon Collingwood is probably about the only club who actually discuss sanctions and what they're for. Sydney never discuss any of that. Um, so, it's just an interesting situation, really, with Newman and... I know you're a Newman fan. I'm an Aaliyah fan. I, I just think that it's the way he's being sort of managed all around. Just it, it's just so baffling. He's being played in about five positions every week in the NEFL, and he still can't even get a look in in, in any of them. It's just uh, it's baffling, really, for me. Yeah, and the thing with Aaliyah is, why wouldn't you put him in a position and leave him there? I can understand if the Swans reserves and the NEFL team were getting. Um, either flogged every week and he was a forward, you'd move yep. him around, or they were winning every week by 100 points and he was a backman, you'd move him around. But that's not the case. It's been fairly competitive and consistent. You, they lost the first five or six games this year. Yeah, they did, and yeah. They, they've, they've just beaten the top team. So why wouldn't you have him in a structured position so he actually learns that position and he plays only there until he's up to form? And that oh, makes yeah. me wonder again. I suspect this week he's definitely going to be in a uh, key position role, given that Harry Marsh is now in the seniors. Uh, they don't really have any other options back back in the um, reserves for those kind of tall rebounding players. He is a reasonably tall player, and I think uh, I think maybe that height gets a little bit misused in that he's a tall enough to be a key position defender, but he's more like a really tall Callum Mills or an even taller Harry Marsh. He is exquisite at reading the ball and intercepting the ball. But his foot skills and hand skills are arguably elite anyway. So it's kind of like, should he even be considered as you know a full-back or centre-half back? I'm not sure. Yeah, the only thing I worry about is his height actually makes him a good player for uh, you know that centre-half back or full-back position. The problem is, I don't think he has the body strength to play them. And he, yeah, he could be your third tall. But I just yes. don't think his reading of the play is actually at the standard that we would need to do it. And that's where it becomes an issue. I think back to a few of those games he played last year where his decision-making under pressure just wasn't there. And that's what worries me about Aaliyah Aaliyah's actual yeah. structure. But, but until he actually is put in that position and left there consistently, he'll never get that. If he's moved into the yeah. ruck, if he's moved to the forward line, if he's moved onto the wing like he was last week, what's the point? 
Yeah, it's agree. And I guess you can level the same thing against Newman. Newman's being shuffled around the field. He's still having massive impact. He's playing primarily just as an on-baller at the moment. Maybe he's just not hitting the KPIs. I don't know, but I would think that the most likely thing is that he's actually being punished. Yeah. Um, and, and the amazing thing is neither of those players are named as emergencies either. So Stoddard comes in, he's debuting, which is great. Yeah. It's really good to actually get him in it. And or well, he has been really good in NEFL for a while now. Him and Ling, they were pretty much in the top five, six players almost every week since the start of the season. And Harry Marsh, obviously, he's coming in. Now, he comes in for Gary Rowan, who's been omitted. Uh, probably, i say teetering on the edge of deserved. He hasn't been in great form for a while, and he certainly hasn't been troubling the scoreboard. But he's always been trying. He's always, you know, trying his heart out. He just kind of looked last week like, might be time to sort of give him a break in the in the reserve competition. I can tell you one thing, Justin. He's been trying, trying my patience. I have been calling for weeks for that that Gary Rowan should be playing back in the reserves. Now, rightly or wrongly, what has happened to him as a person is a tragedy. Yeah. The way he's been playing his football and the way he has played his football is actually ludicrous. And the reason yeah. I say that, I've actually done some stats and I've looked into it. Gary Rowan, that he's played, for someone who's played more than 50 games, he has the worst disposals of any Swans player that's ever played in the forward half of the ground. That's there. Yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate bit, isn't it? That's right. For any forward player that's ever played in the Sydney Swans forward half of the ground. Now, that's scary. Yeah, the upside is that even though he might only have 9 or 10 disposals, he can sometimes have those games where those 9 or 10 disposals are... And he turns it into an absolute blinder, you know, Cyril Rioli-like. But, mm. yeah, it's kind of um, pretty far in between those those sorts of matches. Um, I'm thinking back to the Suns last year when he had an absolute blinder. Hawks a couple of years ago when he kicked five as well. He basically has one of those games a season. He actually had a couple last season, but this season he's been a bit off. And yeah, he, he has had a fair bit happening in his personal life. So, look, I think it's uh, time to move on to the match that's coming up on the weekend, Brisbane Lions. Yes, let's go Swannies for this one. Yeah, I'm on the Swannies as well. Hopefully they win this one. But uh, yeah. I'll go through some uh, a bit of history between the sides just real quick, and then we'll move on to uh, some matchups and, and, and whatnot. So the Swans have actually dominated the head-to-head between the sides um, absolutely conclusively. It is amazing, really. From 34 matches, the Swans with 22 wins and one draw and 11 losses. But more importantly, in the recent history, they have won 18 of the last 21 games, including a draw back in round 20, 2009, Stephen. That is pretty good, isn't it? Now, there is another stat that I didn't, I wasn't aware of until I dug it up. The Swans have kicked seven first-quarter goals in three of their last five matches against the Lions, and I think three of those matches are actually at the Gabba. The way they are playing this year, it's a very high-scoring game, and there's not a lot of defense So yeah, or defensive pressure. So I can see it just being a rebounding bang, bang, bang both ways. It's a fair point, actually, so... because when you look at both teams, Swans actually uh, have only plus 16 rebound 50s and plus 29 inside 50s. Both sides are... They're across the board. They're actually pretty close. Yeah, I agree. And when you look at it as, as a possibility, I reckon Brisbane would have to be the unluckiest one and nine side or one and eight side. Sorry, yeah. um, 
in any time I've ever watched AFL, and I've been watching for what 31 years now. They are yeah. really, really unlucky because they've lost three games by under seven points. They've been competitive in almost every game they've played, and the structure of their back line and the way they move the ball forward is actually very Hawthorne-like. Yeah, yeah, it is. They like to attack it as well, so when they get a bit of space, they just like to go fast and direct. And we saw that against Hawthorne last week. They absolutely tore him to bits. And um, Brisbane pretty much ended up being the main topic on the last podcast, mainly because they were so damn good. Uh, it's funny that we actually play in the week after. Uh, a couple of other interesting stats is the fact that um, the last win that Brisbane Lions had against the Swans was back in round three, 2009 at the Gabba. And their last win was round 22, 2009. So both of those back in 2009. That round 22 match was at the SCG. Now, the Swans have won the last 10 by an average of 44 points and the last five at the Gabba by 41 points. And the closest game was two seasons ago in Aaliyah's debut when uh, the Swans won by three. Um, can't remember who it was, but they kicked a goal after the Siren to bring it back to three points. So, Stephen, uh, would you like to give us your first key matchup of the game? This is one, and whoever wins this one around the ground will go a long way to helping their team win. And it is the Callum Sinclair versus Stefan Martin matchup. Yeah, I like it. The two Ruckman. Um, Stefan Martin is averaging over 40 hit-outs a game. <laughs> he is going really, really well. But the thing that Stefan Martin's got in his favour is he's very, very good around the ground, just like Callum Sinclair has yep. been. So whoever w- wins or goes... On, gets on top around the ground will go a long way to their team actually going really well in the midfield, I think. He's also a very physical player as well. He's, I wouldn't say he's as agile as Callum Sinclair, but he's still very good around around the ground, and he quite often racks up 15, 18-plus disposals uh, per match with his 40-odd hitouts. He's definitely probably top three, top four ruckman in the league, um, mm-hmm. and he can certainly give Gorn a run for his money. He's beaten Gorn before. And, um, yeah, I, I actually really like what he does. Callum Sinclair has been really good this season, so it's going to be a massive challenge, Stephen, for them in particular, but for Callum Sinclair as well. Yeah, I agree totally. And the sad thing is I actually like quite Steph- quite like Stephen Martin, and I'd love <laughs> to have him at the Swans. So oh, yeah, I absolutely. I hope gets on top of him, but um, I'm not so sure he will this time round. Yeah, I, I would expect a uh, hit-out differential in the negative, but uh, hopefully you get some clearances and uh, hardball gets and things like that, which would be considered a win, I would say. I would agree with that, totally. And what about your key, first key matchup, Justin? Now, I've gone for a slightly different one. Uh, it's because I don't think Hewitt is the right matchup for him. So I've gone actually Dane Zorko versus Kieran Jack. I think Kieran Jack's going to play a running role this week. I think Hewitt might switch between some of the other players or he might play a more forward role. So I reckon Kieran Jack's going to have Zorko. And Zorko at the moment is arguably top three, top four players in the league. I would have him in current form as probably one or two in the league. And probably Mm -hmm. by some fair margin as well. Stephen, what do you think of Zorko's season so far? Um, I think he started off slowly in the first couple of weeks. But over the last few weeks, he is just going great guns. He's destroying it. Yeah, didn't I read that he's now the... um, Interim captain for Brisbane as yes. of this week. And yeah. he also moved up to uh, AFL ratings rank four. So only Ooh. Lance Franklin from the Swans is ahead of him. That's how good he is at the moment. Career high. Yeah, he's he's going really well. He Was it last week or the week before he kicked five or six? 
Oh, I'm not quite sure. He bagged three last week. Um, yeah. Against the Dogs. Oh, it might have been against the Dogs or the game before, but he he kicked three against the Dogs, I think. So he's been absolutely ridiculous in form. Mm. Yeah, he's a gun player, and I agree that I think Kieran Jack would match up well against him. I just don't know whether Kieran Jack's got the tank to run with him anymore. That might be the issue. Yeah. Well, they might rotate Jack, Hanabry, um, Jones, even Papley, Hewitt. I don't know. Hewitt might go to him. I, I, you never know. You never really know. Now, Stephen, yep. who was your second matchup? This one, I think, could be quite interesting, especially after what he did to Mr. Sicily last week. Mitch Robinson versus Josh yes. Kennedy. I love it. Yep. So I, I loved what he did to Sicily last week. I thought it was yep. quite good and really well done. <laughs> um, the fake trip on straight on top of him. But, yeah, um, on his head I think pretty he, much. Yeah, straight onto his head. But I think he could actually be a key matchup for Josh Kennedy because he does niggle and he niggles and he niggles and he loves to mouth. Yeah. So... I think that will be the one that Josh Kennedy, the tag that Josh Kennedy will need to break early on because if Mitch Robinson gets on top of you, he gets very, very cocky very quickly. And he's the right size as well, and he's he's a really strong player, and he's quite athletic. I think a lot of people might um, miss that. He's, he might not be the fastest player across the ground, but he is a very athletic player, and he has a massive tank as well. Mm. And he's highly underrated. Oh, highly yeah. Highly underrated. Yeah. He's the kind of player, like, when you think back to when Kirk started, you know, that just that guy who just busted his guts. He wasn't a, wasn't an exceptional player, but he just busted his guts every week. That's exactly what Mitch Robinson is. Yep. So, I'm looking forward totally. to that one. Yes, me too. And your second key matchup, Justin? Look, I did have a bit of a think about this one, and I was leaning towards Hipwood Rampy because, for obvious reasons, because Hipwood is in good form at the moment, but... They do have a bit of a barometer in the side, and for me, that's Charlie Cameron. And the only player who, well, could have been Callum Mills before, but it ain't going to be him now, as can only be Mr. Nick Smith, the uh, small defender extraordinaire. He has to take him, and he has to do a really big number on him. Otherwise, I'm not quite sure the Spons will be comfortable enough, or it could be a really close game. Yeah, I agree. That's a great matchup. The only thing that worries me about poor Nicky Smith is... Charlie Cameron's got a bloody leap on him. Did you see that yeah. mark last week? Yeah, he's um, really good. Yeah, and that he just Nick Smith just needs to blanket him. And if he can blanket yeah. Charlie Cameron out of the game, I think we'll, that'll be really good for us. And if we can keep him from um, getting a bit of cocky and arrogant as well, it, that will keep the Brisbane Lions under wraps. Yeah, they might even rotate um, Jones back on him or even play McVeigh. But I do remember back when he was at Adelaide... Nick Smith kind of switched between him, um, between Cameron and Betts, and he did a pretty good job on both. So I'm still confident that he can do a good job. He's certainly done a really good job on Rioli in the past, despite the fact that Rioli absolutely kills him in straight line pace. So I am pretty confident he can get the job done. Now, Stephen, do you have some uh, stats from, from the uh, matchups and uh, how Swans and Lions kind of uh, fare head-to-head? Yes, I do. So this one is for our old mate Buddy, Mr. Franklin. <laughs> Loves playing against the Lions. It's probably one of his favourite teams. He's kicked 56 goals against them in 14 games for the Hawks and the Swans at an average of four a match. He's had three bags of six or more goals against them. So that's outstanding, really. So if he gets on fire, I think we could go big time here. And I actually am tipping a buddy onslaught 
of the, you know, remember the big buddy 13? 13, yeah, 13. Yep. <laughs> you even had Hotto doing Ada's great last year as well, right on the final siren. Yeah. And I would love to see Buddy come out and kick a bag full. I just yep. I don't know whether it'll happen, but that's my ideal dream for this week. Yep. Now, I would think that uh, Isaac Heaney, if he can back up from what he did last year, he actually had a had a really good game against the Lions last year. If he can back it up again, um, and he can lead the Swans midfield, because Josh Kennedy and Luke Parker, their form's been a bit wavering. Same with um, Hannabury, so I would say... Yeah, Heaney, uh, I'd say go another seven clearances like he did last time, pick up 22, 24 disposals, and maybe get a goal or two. I think that's going to help us a lot. Um, he is up against, well, he is at least named against Lewis Taylor, but I think he's going to rotate quite a lot through the midfield and spend a lot of time in the mid. Yep, good call, good call. I think he will actually do that, and I think we need to be very mindful that Mr. Heaney might take a very big Mark this week as well. It'd be great to take it over Luke Hodge. Oh, yeah. How good would that be? Or Ben Ronk just snaps one over his shoulder on Luke Hodge. That'd be fantastic. Anything on Luke Hodge I'm happy with. Yeah. Yeah, you can't knock Hodge too much. Yeah. Now, do you have another key point? I do. This one is, I actually think Dane Beams will come out and have an extremely strong game this week. After giving up the captaincy and after all the stuff that's been going on with his family issues, I just think this release of pressure will actually allow him to get back to playing his best football. He is a gun. I really like Dane Beams, and I actually think he needs to have a great game just for his own self-confidence, not because it's against us. I don't like that. But for him as a player and as a person, it would just be good to see him have a good game. Yeah, he is a good player, and he has gone through a lot of injuries um, and off, well, not really off-field, but on-field issues, um, certainly with injuries in his body. It's let him down quite a lot, actually. I'm not sure how many games he's played for Brisbane since he moved from Collingwood. It's not really anywhere near as much as he should have been able to. Just unfortunately, he's been hobbled by injuries so much. Yeah. And, uh, it's and, a good point. Yeah. Because if you he, know about his... Sorry, yep. keep going. If he gets off the chain, uh, and especially if he's killing it with Zorko, uh, it's going to be a hard game for the Swans. Yeah, and the other thing is, not only has there been his injuries, which it's gonna, it is going to be a hard game, but you know about the family things with his father and all those yeah. that actually came up, and that's why he had to get rid of the, co- the captaincy. So I say good luck to him. I hope he doesn't have an outstanding game, but I hope in other ways that he does for his own sake. Yeah, agreed. And Justin, do you have any more um, key points that you would like to talk about? Yeah, look, I uh, kind of thought about it as a matchup, but I'm looking at Dane Rampey really has to lead that back line in Callum Mills' absence, and he's got to do a really good job on Hipwood. Hipwood's been in uh, pretty good nick. He's leading a lot, he's attacking a lot of contests, and he's taking some really good marks, and he's getting some goals as well, and he looked genuinely threatening against the Hawks last week. Hodge was pretty good in defense, but Hipwood, I think, was one of the heroes of the match for them. So Rampy's going to have to really be on his game top-notch. Uh, he's a big boy too, so he's going to have to bend brown him. He's going to have to body mm-hmm. up and not take his arms, but take his body where legal. So that is going to be a massive matchup in my in my mind. Yeah, and he's only young too, isn't he? He's not very old at all. 21, I 22, I think. 22. Yeah, so imagine what he's going to be like when he hits 24, 25 and he actually develops. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's he kind of reminds me a bit like Sam Reed, very early on, but he's a, 
like that kind of tall, skinny, athletic kind of player. But I, I don't think that's where the um, the comparison continues because he's a bit taller than him. He's 202 centimetres. So yes, he's a massive boy. kid, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's uh, 20 years old, sorry. 20 years old in his third season. 30 games. There you yep. Go. Yeah, it's a big challenge. <laughs> yes, it will be. And I, I hope Dane Rampey does a great job on him because Rampey's been going well, but I don't yep. think he's had as good a season this year as what he has the last two. Yeah, yeah, agree. I think that's just because of the uh, changes in the back line. The fact that uh, he's basically taking the number one def- uh, number one forward from now on instead of Grundy. Yeah, I agree with you there. He's and he's actually changed his position. Like last year and probably the pr- previous couple of years, he's always been, I guess, the third man up, and he's always been the spoiler and taking the intercept marks. Whereas this year, yeah. he actually seems to be more playing on a, an opponent, and then Grundy's taking a lot of those intercept marks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just wonder whether or not that's uh, a change because Aaliyah and Malikan haven't been in the team. He's kind of forced to do that role because there's no one else to do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, uh, Stephen, would you like to give us your first prediction of the match? I will. This is my first prediction of the match, and it's a pretty obvious one. And I think the Swans (laughs) will win the contested possessions easily. Yeah, this is about as safe as a prediction as you could possibly get. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I deliberately did that this week because I've always put out a few big ones out there, but I'm actually going safe this week. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. That's a good one. And what about you, Justin? Have you got a prediction for this week? Yeah, I've got dynamic duo, Heaney and Parker midfielders to go 15 clearances or more between them. Mm, that's a good one. So that's not bad they at both all. had... Uh, Heaney had seven, and I think Parker had five or six the last time they played last year in round seven. And both of them have been in pretty good nick as far as clearances go, so I'm pretty confident about this one. Yeah, I would too. I would be very confident. Now, Stephen, second. I'm going to go for a prediction that I hadn't thought about, but I'm going to go with this. This is a bold (laughs) prediction. Oh, come on. Don't do another Carlton one. Please don't. (laughs) No, I'm not going to. Josh Kennedy will break the record for most contested possessions this week. Oh, he's going to have to rack up, what, 33 or 34? Yep, that's right. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to put that out as my bold prediction. That is is way out there. He might not even get half of that in disposals. (laughs) No, it's a good one. I don't mind it. Mm. Uh, After last week's game, you um, will never have it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Now, my final prediction is going to be Battle of the Youngsters. I reckon it's going to be Will Hayward versus Eric Hipwood, and I've got Hayward by one goal. So he'll only kick one, or you believe he'll... No, he'll, be, he'll kick one more than Hipwood. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it could be. I would have actually said it would have been the old hand versus the new up-and-coming star. As in Buddy versus Hipwood. No, I reckon if we're going Buddy versus Hipwood, Buddy's got that one pretty safe. So yeah. we'll give we'll give uh, Hayward and Hipwood a challenge. Uh, Hayward, you got to come yep. through. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're right, Justin. I'd love to see. I, what I would love to see yep. is Hayward kick five or six, and Buddy, Jeez, yeah. you know, and Buddy kicking, you know, five or six as well. That would go down well. 
Oh, I'd be happy if Buddy kicked one and Hayward kicked six. That would be brilliant. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, Stephen, do you have a sure thing of the weekend? I do. <sighs> Sad to say, we're not very good at winning these. And I'm going to say this, Brisbane will win the free kick count. Because yep. if I had a look through, Brisbane are doing very well in the free kick count. Yeah. So I think they will get over the top of us in that. Yeah, it's it's funny when you look at the team stats. Um, there's a lot of categories where both teams are actually quite evenly matched. But yeah, the Lions, are, they're doing pretty well in that area. Yes, they certainly are. Hopefully it doesn't work out that way, but I reckon that's my sure thing for this week. And it's most at stake, Justin. What is it? Look, it's a, a non-Swans one. Uh, obviously, it would have been most at stake would have been the gridiron ball or Callum Mills' foot at one point. Obviously, that would have been a joke, but unfortunately, it's happened. Uh, I would. It's a bit of a toss of the coin, really, between Richmond, St. Kilda, uh, Geelong, Carlton. Now, I'm actually going to go two teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Most at stake would be either team losing by... Uh, 15 or more goals. Um, really, the coaches' heads could be on the chopping blocks at that point, and their Ooh. fans just won't turn out at all. I mean, that yeah. Carlton's not pulling crowds at the moment, and they got absolutely slaughtered on the weekend, so they have to bounce back. Yes, they do. But they did beat Essendon in the week before. Remember, <laughs> yeah, we did. were at that game, Justin. Yes, we were at that it was game. a really good game, and then they just turned in an absolute bloody donkey the next week. Yeah, can't believe it. I thought they'd turned it around a bit, actually, but no. Anyway, nope. that's a good most at stake. I agree with you. I reckon the coaches there are in real trouble if they have yeah, a bad one strife. this week. Now, Stephen, what is your doomsday scenario? My doomsday scenario fits with the Swans again because I've tried to make everything about the Swans this week. <laughs> yeah. This is my doomsday scenario. This will break my heart. I will never, ever admit this, but I reckon I'd cry. If the Swans <laughs> lose by a kick with Luke Hodge kicking the seal. Oh, no, you can't. I can. That is my doomsday scenario. Luke Hodge kicks the sealer and the Swans lose by less than a kick. No, that would be a doomsday scenario. I I, I don't know if I could uh, back it up the following week and uh, watch them. <laughs> God, that no, would be tragic. I, yes. It would not be a good situation now, would it? No, no, I like it though. It's that's a good doomsday if that happens. Jeez, it's not looking good. <laughs> no, it's not at all. Uh, but the Brisbane crowd would love it. Yeah, they'd love it, of course. Yes. Swan supporters mm. are yeah, they'd break down in tears. <laughs> yeah, definitely would. No doubt about it. Now, Stephen. Thank you so much for coming on again. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you, Justin. It's always a pleasure to get on here on a Thursday night. I really enjoy it. No, it's good. It's good. I love it. Now, guys, we will be back on Monday. We're going to discuss the wrap-up of the match and everything else that happened on the weekend and any sort of feedback from the club about the Callum Mills situation, which is a bit ridiculous. Uh, as always, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We use the tag, the Swans blog, and you can always get in touch with us during the week with the hashtags SwansCast and SwansCast Extra. This has been Justin and Steve. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go Swans. Go Swannies.